0: You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. we join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert.
1: There's some powerful equipment up here on this stage. And when I walked around and I looked at how each of these items were engineered, and especially during the time Frame that they were engineered. I I believe that this is a machine that sows, that plants uh, seed, corn. We have back here a 1959 uh, John Deere tractor. It was the first year that power steering came out. John Farmer was standing here uh, Thursday night. And again, I said, John Farmer. And uh, he said to me, he said, you know, back when I was young, Every letter I got from a girl reminded me of that tractor. It said, Dear John. And this plow over here is a 100 years old. Uh, This plow is very heavy. Do you know how I know it's heavy? I watched them carry it in here. (laughs) And, uh, you know, when you think back about when some of these items were made, and I I didn't know what this was, and uh, that was one of the very early days how they planted seed, and the corn seed would be in this container, and they would shove it down in the ground after the ground was prepared, and then they would open it, and that would pull the door open on the bottom, and the seed would drop. Now, you know, you may not think that's much of an invention, but back in that day, it was. And all these powerful pieces of equipment, my grandfather, he used this side right here, but they wasn't no weed eaters. anybody Anybody had a grandpa or a parent that used one of these? And I can still see my grandfather standing with a whetstone. Do you know what a whetstone is? And they would take that whetstone, and he would go up one side and down the other, slicker than a whistle. And he would sharpen that thing. And he kept thirteen acres of property clean with a farm all tractor, which is just a little thing, and that piece of machinery right there. Today we have all kind of equipment and most farms are growing up. So we have some powerful equipment here, but none of them is more powerful than the word of God. None of them. So the series this morning is titled Farming. We've gone all out, haven't we? (laughs) Stand with me again. I know we've been standing for a while. This will be a four-week series, maybe more, I don't know. But uh, the title of the message today is Breaking Up Your Fallow Ground. Breaking Up Your Fallow Ground. And I pray right now that, as we already heard Pastor Kerry say, that You would check everything out. Do away with any thoughts that's in your mind. And and I'm gonna say this. uh, If someone's playing on their phone beside of you, you got my permission, tell them, turn your phone off. Let's be serious today. Let's be serious. Lynn, bless the reading of the word before I ever get there, would you?
0: Lord, we we praise you, Heavenly Father. Father, you are worthy, Father. You are worthy of our praise. Yes, God. God, let all the heavens and all the earth adore you, Father, because you are God. You are the God of the Bible, Heavenly Father. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit take a seat in this auditorium this morning, Father, and that it walks, as Carrie said, up and down each aisle. That's right. and touches each individual, Father, for where they are at now in their life, Father, whether they need Mm -hmm. healing, whether they need stress from this world, Father. Father, the devil is a liar. I declare, Father, he is a liar. He is an accuser, Father. And Father, I say right now that you bound him with chains, Mm -hmm. Father. Mm -hmm. Father, do not allow him to come upon people in the way that he has, Father. Mm -hmm. And Father, that I ask right now and I pray in the name of Jesus that you tutor with the Holy Spirit, our mm-hmm. pastor. Father, mm-hmm. give him the words that he has prepared, Father, and even the words that he hasn't prepared. And God, I know this word has something to do with work. Mm-hmm. Father, we are to work for you, Father, That's spiritually, right. Father, and mm-hmm. while we're here on this earth physically. Mm-hmm. God, the day is upon us, Father, for your son's return and may we work until he returns. Mm-hmm forgive us when we err, Father, and we say it through your Son, Jesus' precious name. Amen.
1: Amen. You may be seated. Listen, uh, any good farmer will tell you that before you can have any kind of a garden, you first got to plow up the ground where the garden will be. And it's only after plowing that one can begin the process of sowing and reaping. And all through life, almost everything comes back to sowing and reaping. So the Bible said in Jeremiah chapter four, verse three, for thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and so not among the thorns." So what is going on right here? Jeremiah told the people to break up the hardness of their heart as a plow breaks up unplowed ground. I, you know, I, I'm just gonna speculate, I'm just gonna take a little guesstimation that uh, uh, not very many people prepared their hearts this morning before they ever got here. And I just wonder what would happen if we got up early in the mornings and, and prepared our hearts uh, and, and went to God in prayer and left everything else outside and walked in to the holies of holies uh, with our hearts already being plowed wide open so we could receive what the word of God has for us this morning. You see, in this scripture, their hearts had become hardened to God's word. And you know, sometimes I just believe the majority of us, and I'm including myself at times in our lives, we just become complacent. We just come in and sit down. And yes, it's the word of God. And we listen to it. But listen to me, our hearts gradually become hardened to the Word of God. And when that happens, the Word of God will not bring no conviction upon us. And when there's no conviction, there is no repentance, and our heart gets a little harder and harder as we go. If you agree with me, or even if you don't, give God a hand clap of praise. I need to pace myself, I've been excited. We must remove our heart hardening sin that's in our lives if we expect God's word to take root and to grow. So breaking up fallow ground. Jeremiah 4 and 3. For thus saith the Lord, we got something going on up here. I don't know what it is. It's that jingle still where someone's, Equipment, but it's kind of messing with me. Jeremiah 4 and 3, For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Break up your fallow ground. Fallow ground means possibly once it was tilled. Has a long time of laying. Boy, that's really got my mind messed up uncultivated, uncultivated, or ground that is slightly plowed? How long has it been since your heart's been opened up for the word of God? How long has it been since it's been tilled? Cut up, thank you, Jesus, thank you, thank you. Let's thank Jesus and my help, all right? I didn't know what to do. Honestly, I didn't know what it was for a while. I was like, what's going on here? Is God giving me a different direction? (laughs) I can always count on you, Billy. Listen to me, the church breaks up its own fallow ground when the church, when she starts stirring up, getting stirred, a decaying righteousness needs cut up and stirred up of your own members. The church, that you and I need to stir up, need not to become complacent. How does it happen? It happens by the word of God. When you receive the word of God, conviction will grip your heart. My goodness, will grip your heart and the church becomes compelled to repent. I walked all over this place yesterday. Man, I tell you, God got all over me, and and I was weeping in here, and I was crying, and I was praying for a spirit of conviction to hit everyone that walks in this place. I said, Lord, if they're addicted to the prescription medicine in the medicine cabinet, Holy Ghost, get a hold of them. Lord, if they got secret places on their phone, Get a hold of them, Lord. Convict their hearts. God, if they're messed up from the floor up, whatever you're hiding, God, I pray that you would move here today. And I believe God's gonna move here today. The church will, go ahead, give God a hand, clap of praise. The church will naturally begin to reap a harvest of new people that are hungry. I'm talking hungry for the life-changing experience of the Holy Spirit. Has the Holy Spirit changed anybody's life in here at all? Can you look back and see where you once were and now you are not there because of the Holy Spirit of God because of the conviction that came upon you and you fell to your knees and you repented and now look what God has done in your life. You ought to give God a hand clap and another shout of praise. So if the church repents, the world will become hungry. There's a difference of being hungry and hungry. Conviction in Acts chapter two, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What's going on here? Their hearts were pricked. One translation said their heart was cut wide open. Repentance. In verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter three, verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The times of refreshing. I don't know about you, but I need refresh from time to time. What kind of refreshing can we be talking about? How about in Galatians 5 and 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Maybe your love needs refresh. Why don't you repent? And let God refresh the love in your life. How about the joy? How about the peace, the forbearance, the kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness? Refreshment? Refreshing? How about self control? Get a grip. Start living the way God wants you to live instead of the way everybody else, and you included, and me, want to live. And the way the culture is dictating us, why don't we just stand up and say, you know what? I'm under conviction, man, and I'm gonna get down, I'm gonna get things right with God, and God's gonna refresh me, and God is gonna use me again. If you need a good dose of the Holy Ghost, why don't you give God a hand clap and a shout of praise? A prepared heart. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people, a prepared heart. James in chapter one verse 21, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity and of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. James saw the human heart as a garden and if that garden is left to itself, the soil will only produce weeds. The engrafted word of God is the word that you receive. The word can come from here all day long and never be effective in your life until you receive it, till you say, I hear it. It's cutting me, it's transforming me. Why? Because I'm receiving it. Listen to me this morning, he urged us, James, to pull out the weeds and prepare the soil for the implanted word of God. Have have you just been showing up and sitting? Or have you been saying, Lord, cut me? Lord, open up my heart so I'll be ready to receive the word of God so when I leave today, it will begin to sprout. My God, help us. The phrase superfluity of naughtiness Gives a picture of a garden overgrown with weeds that cannot be controlled. Are you out of control? If you don't tend your garden, one time many, many years ago, I was probably about 20 years old and I decided to plant a garden. You couldn't find nothing in that garden. Plants were that tall and the weeds were that high. I never put a hoe to it one time. I did grow up somewhat on a small farm. We had some cattle and some chickens. We put up hay. And my mom loved to have a garden. Loved it. My brother called me one time. She was in her 80s and it was hot. And he said, you need to come down here and talk to your mother. Said, you're the only one she'll listen to. I said, what is she doing now? I said, she's crawling up and down the, uh, the rows picking green beans. I said, you leave my mother alone. I'm not the only one she'll listen to, I'm the only one, don't tell her what to do. He said, what are we gonna do she dies? I said, you call me back, and I'll carry her out of the garden. I don't know what that got to do with this story, but it come to my mind. I didn't like the garden. I would cry, Buzzy, I'd cry. Mom gets tired to hear me crying so you let me go back to the house. I knew that, so I'd cry. I hate working in a garden. Some of you hate working the word of God because it's work. Some people tell me, I don't understand it. You don't understand it because you don't want to. Because the Holy Spirit will teach you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he better move on. It's foolish to try to receive God's word in an unprepared heart. So if you prepare your heart in prayer, no matter how young you are in the word, you prepare your heart and God knows your heart is open, God will speak to you and it'll begin to grow. The word filthiness comes from a Greek word which refers to any sort of moral defilement or impurity. Why don't we be honest? Whatever you've come to do in your life, maybe it does not bother you any longer, but it still bothers God. If it's not of God, it still bothers God. Your heart may become so hard that it doesn't affect you any longer when you set under the preaching of the word of God, but make no mistake about it, it still bothers God. Oh boy. Moral filthiness is a serious barrier to clearly hearing and comprehending the word of God. One of my commentaries said that it's like having wax in your ear. You got wax in your ear, you can't hear. What's in your heart is keeping you from hearing the word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, get the wax out. Wickedness is from a Greek word that denotes moral evil and corruption, a sin that is deliberate, deliberate, a sin that is not only deliberate; it's determined. A sin you think nobody knows anything about, therefore includes many hidden sins that only the Lord and the individual are aware of. Ain't that amazing? You think to yourself, well, the only one knows about is me and the Lord. Who else matters? But the Lord. Jesus said, listen to this in Luke 12 and 2. For there is nothing covered, nothing, that shall not be revealed. Oh boy. Wonder if a spiritual x-ray machine came across us all this morning and put the results on the wall? <whistles> Hello. That shall not be revealed, neither hid. That shall not be made known. Listen to this. Therefore whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which you have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. There's a large crowd. And Jesus is teaching. And Jesus, he watched the huge crowds waiting to hear him, and he warned his disciples against hypocrisy, trying to appear good when one's heart is far from God. Who are you impressing? You cannot hide those things forever. Sin will grow like yeast, and soon it will be exposed. You need to hear me. I sat in my office yesterday and I thought about all the times people came to my office. Pastor Rita, you know what I'm talking about. When they show up and some sin's been brought out to light and there's been hurt against another spouse, against a child. You say, well, this sin's only affected me. No, it affects everybody that is around you. You need to, be, you need to hear what I'm saying today. So the idea is that of confessing. Confessing your faults. Repenting of all evil that corrupts our life. But it also reduces the hunger to hear the word of God. When you're not where you're supposed to be, you don't want to hear the word of God. I feel like I'm on somebody's front porch. Feed me a sandwich when it's over. When this is done, we we can receive the word of God when it's done. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually, worketh also in you that believed. when you receive. You hear that, Johnny? When you receive. How do we prepare the soil of our hearts for God's word? First, it's by repenting of our sins. In 1 John 1 and 9, if, on my notes here, I made a big circle around that. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If, if progress in our spiritual life cannot occur unless we see sin for what it is, quit justifying it and decide to reject it. Whatever does not line up with God's word is sin. And you know, if it's not of God, stop it today. Maybe you've got pornography hidden on your phone or on your computer. It will be brought to light. You need to hear the farmer. You may be flirting with someone that's not your spouse. It will be brought to light. You may have a few good old buds and get behind the car and drive down the road. It will be brought to light. I could go on and on and on. Quit justifying it and decide to stop it. We must also have an attitude of meekness In James 1 and 21, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word. Lay apart all filthiness. It's a picture of taking off a dirty garment and throwing it down how do you feel when you come in the house and you've been in the garden you've been working in the hay field you've been working hard and you're filthy and you take that dirty garment off and you throw it in the shower in, in the dirty clothes and you get in the shower and all of a sudden a refreshing comes wonder what would happen at jewel City Church today if every individual in the house would say God I know there's a spot of filthiness in my life and I'm coming to the owner and I I'm going to throw it down and I'm going to step into the shower of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and God, you're going to refresh. I wonder what would happen if every one of us came clean at the same time. I wonder what would happen. Oh my goodness gracious, I'm telling you what would happen. The world will become hungry and we would see a harvest like we've never seen before. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. I'm getting old, I gotta slow down. When you receive the word with meekness, what does that mean? It means you accept it. When you receive the word with meekness, it means you quit arguing. Why we argue with God? Why do we try to justify it? Why do we try to tell God it's okay? Listen to me, the farmer, the farmer, James 5, seven through nine. I want to read to you in the Message Bible. Meanwhile, friends wait patiently for the master's arrival. You see, farmers do this all the time. Waiting for their valuable crops to mature. This morning, late, I underlined that word. I'll go back there in a minute, mature. Patiently letting the rain. Do it slow, but sure work. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong. The master could arrive at any time. Listen to verse nine. It's got all over me. Friends, don't complain about each other. Friends, don't complain about each other. Friends, don't complain about each other. A far greater complaint could be lodged against you. You know, the judge is standing just around the corner. It started out saying wait patiently, patience. No crop appears overnight. None. No crop appears overnight except perhaps a crop of weeds, filth, garbage in our lives. The farmer has to wait many weeks for a seed to produce fruit. Likewise, we gotta wait patiently, Pat, for Christ's return. We don't have no choice. While we wait, there's a lot of work to be done Work that will advance God's kingdom. Are you working in the field? Lift up your head. Lift up your eyes. For the harvest is white. It's ready. It's ready. Matthew 16 and 27, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall he reward every man according to his work. Work. You won't get to heaven by your works, but you better work some along the journey. Patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. In the spirit realm, the rain is the Holy Spirit. The farmer plants his seed and he waits for the early rain to germinate the seed, the early rain. And then the latter rain to ripen the crop. I didn't read this anywhere. I was praying yesterday and it's dropped in my spirit. It's amazing how we as Christians, as farmers, when a new person comes to Christ, we, should, we believe they should be at our level right now. They shouldn't be smoking that stuff. They shouldn't be doing this, they shouldn't be doing that. In our workplace, we think everybody should be level. Everybody, there's different kind of soils, there's different kinds of seasons. So instead of some churches want to beat you black and blue and you may feel like you're in one today because I'm coming down the lane pretty hard. But I think you're in a home for compassion. But there's different seasons in our lives. And I think we need to quit complaining about people. I'm preaching to myself. Because there could be greater judgment come our way. The farmer looks forward to the harvest. That's why he protects the seed. The seed, when it begins to sprout, and these things just came to my mind, when it's only about that tall, there's a greater likelihood that that's gonna be destroyed because it's not strong yet. So the farmer needs to spend more time We'll put it in the spirit realm with the baby Christians. Quit worrying about some of you older Christians that are still on the milk. Oh, Jesus, help me. The farmer, when the when the dry season comes, he protects that sprout. When the heavy rains come with too much water, he has to figure out a way to protect that sprout. When the disease comes, he has to figure out a way to protect that. The farmer can't handle every crop the same as each other. The pastor can't handle every situation and every individual because there was 803 people here last week, 803 different people with different levels of spiritual growth 800 and some different personalities, 800 and some different attitudes. Well, you ought to tell this, this person, this, or you. No, 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 no. The farmer has to stand back and say, I gotta look at this crop. I gotta evaluate what is the best plan that I can have to help grow this, and you'll learn why here shortly. What can I do to protect this crop? And why is a farmer so patient? Farmer looks around the harvest and he protects the crop. He does it and he conquers all the trials. Why? Because his eyes are fixed on the great harvest. First Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my beloved brother, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for your labor is not in vain. So why did the farmer wait so long willingly? Well, according to James 5 and 7, because the fruit is precious. You are precious. Buzzy, you are precious. I can go right around the room. You're precious. Georgian, this just came to my mind. I remember you standing up and testifying many years ago. You'd fight like a man in a bar. I was scared of her then, and I'm still scared of her now. But our pastor Leo, he protected you. And he helped strengthen you. Wonder if he'd have said, we don't want to hear you. What if he'd say, You messed up. You're not welcome here. Why do churches do that when our God doesn't do that? Our God doesn't do that. Each one of you are precious. Galatians six and nine, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You need to hear me, our hearts are the soil and the seed is the word of God. Jesus said in Luke 8 and 11, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. There are seasons. I'll say it again, there are seasons to the spiritual life, just as there are seasons to the soil. Winter time comes, and the ground gets hard. There's been winter times come in my life, spiritually, and the ground got hard. And I needed somebody or something to kinda come behind that winter season and bring a springtime plow and break up the hardness. I ask you, how long, are you in a winter season spiritually? Sometimes our, whole, our hearts become cold. And until that ground is broke up, the seed can't be sowed and bring a harvest. What the successful farmer does, he's constantly at work. He keeps working and he keeps waiting. I told you I've had a season here in the last two or three weeks where I wake up a lot in the middle of the night and the Lord's been speaking to me and one of the things he said to me, keep moving, keep moving. I started to leave Pastor Eric's office the other day and I I shut the door and I thought I heard him say something and opened it back up and he said, full throttle. I said, you're right. That's a word, a, a, a phrase I like to use, full throttle. What the successful farmer does, he's constantly moving. Stand with me. Stand with me. That don't mean anything, but stand with me. I say that every week. You laugh. I don't know why you do it. I don't know why I say it every week. Very important that you hear this. Nobody on the farm. I want everybody to hear this. Nobody on the farm has time or energy for disputes. I'll say it again. Nobody on the farm has time or energy for disputes. In James 5 and 9, listen to this. Don't grumble against each other. Brothers, or you will be judged. If you start using, I was gonna use a smaller one, a sickle, but this is a scythe. Just act like it's a sickle. If you start using this sickle on each other, we will miss the harvest. That might not be good. If you start using the sickle on each other, we'll probably miss the harvest. When things go wrong or we don't get what we want, we tend to blame other people. I wanna ask you a question. Has God shown you any grace? I'm gonna say this whole thing again. When things go wrong or we don't get what we want, do we tend to use the sickle on others? Again, I'm preaching to myself. Before you judge others for your shortcomings, just remember that Christ will judge you. Let me read what Jesus said. Therefore, I say unto you, excuse me, let me make sure I got to write Seven. And one, I'm sorry. Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in your own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, there is a beam in thy own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of your own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote in thy brother's eye. Be careful. The sower and the soils. In Mark chapter four, verse three, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no fruit. And other fell on the ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, some 100. And he said unto them, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. This parable helped the, the, the disciples understand why Jesus was not impressed with the large crowds that followed him. The soil's four kinds of hearts is what it is. The first is the hard heart. Soil becomes heart. Soil becomes hard, excuse me, when too many feet trample on it. Think about that. You can plow ground open and the more people that trample on that ground, the ground becomes so hard Be careful who you step on to make yourself look better. You need to hear me when I say this. Those who recklessly open your hearts to all kinds of people, all kinds of influences, you are in danger of developing a hard heart. I'm very careful who I let pray for me. I don't want everybody laying their hands on me and praying for me. I don't want that. Young people, you better be very careful who you choose to hang around. Young people that love the Lord, you may be lonely now because you feel like you don't have a friend, but you have a friend in Jesus. And I'd rather be going through life as a teenager without a whole group of people around me than having a whole group of people trampling on my heart. God's got a plan for you. Proverbs 4 and 23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it the issues of life. Written Solomon with all wisdom, no wiser. Solomon tells us to keep our heart with all diligence, making sure we concentrate on those desires that will keep us on the right path. Friend, open up your heart. I've got a friend of mine here today and, and every time we talk, I'll touch him on a heart, and i say, keep your heart soft. Hard hearts, hard hearts, they need plowed open. The second kind of soil is the shallow heart. Jesus said in Mark 4, 16, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. So they endure but for a time, And afterward, when affliction or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. This uh, represents the emotional hearer. We see people saved every week, but if I'm a betting man, I'd say a lot of them is in a time of emotion. And they hear the word, and they mean well, but they never study the word, they never get involved, and there's no root, and the first time the storm comes, they're gone. Third is the crowded heart. I'd say this party is for the majority. Mark chapter four, verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as they hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word. And when the word is choked, it said it becomes unfruitful. This here has too many different kinds of seeds going on in the garden. Growing in the soil where the word of God should land and they got everything else, worldly cares, desires for riches, the lust for this and the lust for that. And the last is the fruitful heart. Mark 4 and 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit some 30-fold, some 60, some 100. This heart pictures the true believer. How do you know if you're a true believer? Because there'll be fruit that will change your life. It'll be life-changing. You won't think the same way you used to think. Your desires won't be the same. My wife and I was talking, I don't know, in the last week or two, and and we like things, we do, man. I, I, I like nice things, and she said, isn't it amazing how we're getting older and those things just really don't mean anything. Give us Jesus. A changed life is proof of salvation. You can tell people you're saved all day. But a changed life, you won't have to say a word. They'll know it. I wanna close, and I mean that, I'm gonna close. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. He said he meant it. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Not all believers are equally productive But from every genuine Christian's life, there should be some evidence of spiritual fruit. But we're not all the same, not all the same. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I have prayed, I've labored, I've asked God for a spirit of conviction to fall upon this house. And I've asked him that it would be followed up with repentance. So this message right now is for the Christians. Every man, every woman, every young person that's old enough to know right from wrong. Is your heart opened up? Or what's going on in the winter season? your hearts become heart come to the altar as they begin to play and sing would you come you're not in a church that's going to say look who, look who just walked down there you're not You're not here come on man I'm, I'm going to walk down here I'm, I'm going to come I'm going to stand I, I wonder if anybody would just come with me to the altar and say God open up my heart see I don't ask you to do anything that I don't do so you bear with me and give me a few moments as I kneel down too I was praying I could envision the altar being full, being full. Would you come and say, Lord, breathe on me, Lord. Do a new work in my life. Maybe bring your wife, men, bring your wife, wives, bring your husbands, bring your families. I guess I'm begging, I, I guess I'm begging, I guess I'm begging. Holy Spirit, draw those on live stream, those on television. Holy Spirit, I pray that you cut our hearts, that we step forward, open up our hearts. We bless you, Lord. There's a prayer team here also facing you. If you want someone to join you with prayer, would you come? As every head is bowed in the sanctuary and eyes closed and people praying, please, you you praying, keep praying. I wanna ask you, have you ever opened your heart for the Lord? Have you ever opened your heart? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. knocked on your door today. Would heaven be your home? Would heaven be your home? Serious question. Friend, if it's not, right where you're at, I'm not gonna single you out, I'm not gonna come to you. Slip your hand up high, high, and say, Pastor, today, right here where I'm at, I wanna give my life to you. I wanna give my heart to you, Jesus. Is there one, would raise your hand high? Raise your hand high, is there one in the house? I don't wanna miss, I see your hand, sir. I see your hand. Somebody else? Somebody else. I see your hand, ma'am. Thank you. Somebody else? Somebody else here today. Be honest with yourself. Are you ready for heaven? Are you right with the Lord? Is there another? Is there another? Then those two. I want you to look right at me. Look right at me. Take that lady by the hand right beside of you, would you? Take her by the hand. Now she knows you just told somebody, sir, right here in the front, you already got into you by the hand. I want you both to pray this prayer and mean it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, you've opened my heart. You've plowed open my heart and I received your words, Lord, today I ask you to forgive me and I'm sorry for every sin, past, present, and future. Holy Spirit, protect that word. Lord, I want to grow. I want to produce fruit in my life, 30, 60, 100 fold. Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Let the redeemed of the Lord bless the Lord.
0: Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m.